Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes, Kevin Foote on... The game broadcasting live from the EFCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. EFCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction. Simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 337 706 337-706-0111. All right, I think it's time, after hearing some of the conversation between Dawson and Raymond in the last hour, I think it's time that we kind of reset, and I probably don't do this enough because we throw out all these terms on this show, and I do it because I think it explains sports, which has kind of been my theme or my what I like to do with the show um, for going on 30 years now. But I um, but sometimes not everybody thinks like I do. And again, you if you've listened to me very long, I never have a problem if you disagree with me. Now I'm you, you know, as long as you're not cursing or being overly belligerent I got I got no problem you calling and we disagree and we could even scream now we you know we we need to be somewhat civil but um but no I got no problem with disagreement but I but at least you know I explain so he, 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 for those of you who hear this and sometimes you need to um you would just need a little just remind ourselves what all these terms mean, and in my opinion, the wisdom behind the, the what, what these terms mean. A medicine season and a hammock season are not the same thing, but you you they can be at you know in a in a in a given year. Here's what I look at as a medicine season. A medicine season is, first of all, all this is pro sports stuff. Like, again, when John Curtis plays Mamu, it doesn't matter. None of none of it, the example that I always give, none of this, none of this matters. This is professional sports. We're not talking about, you know, Bethune-Cookman playing Alabama in football, you know, which is the equivalent of John Curtis in, in Mamu, whatever. It, 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 it this is professional sports where everyone's got good players. Theoretically, everyone has a chance to win. I'm not talking about unwinnable situations where you have levels of play, which is a lot of what high school and college is, where you have people playing who have no business being on the same field with each other. I'm talking about professional sports. Um, when you do something that you haven't done in a long, long time or ever, and or you come out of nowhere and win big, it's very difficult to follow up the next year. It's very difficult. You can't ever say anything is impossible, 
But a medicine season, typically what happens, it's some sort of combination of you took advantage of an easy schedule and the next year you have a tougher schedule. That that plays a little bit into it sometimes, depending on the situation and the sport. Like in baseball, I don't know that that matters. But in football, that matters. Um, a lot of it is... You don't know how to handle success because you haven't done it. Hence, you haven't done it in a long time or you haven't done it ever. You you go on the banquet circuit. You Everyone tells you how tremendously great you are. And you have an entire season of getting patted on the back and all that stuff. And until you go through that, it's very difficult to stay hungry. It's just... Human nature. Like, it's very difficult to stay hungry when you're going through that for the first time. Plus, a lot of it also is sometimes you get a lot of breaks. That's kind of where the piper comes in, especially in the sport of baseball. Like, sometimes you just get a lot of breaks, and it just works out for you. And so that next year, chances are you're probably not going to get that many breaks. The other thing that happens is you also were probably really healthy, not all the time, probably really healthy in that next year in the medicine season, you tend to get injuries. So like that clip that we play where I say, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what I what is going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. That referred to the Saints 2007 season. When the Saints came out of nowhere in 2006 and made it to the NFC Championship game for the first time ever, I said, look, I'm excited, you're excited. I wrote columns. And in that era, we had just uh, start, we're, we're kind of in the, in the Gannett thing where, where my columns ran in the Alexandria paper in the I was at the advertiser then and in Monroe and in Shreveport. And I wrote a column saying, look, folks, don't expect a great season this year. It's a medicine season in 2007 because the Saints were coming off. They had the first season with Breeze and, and Casper, and they made it to the NFC Championship game, and everybody was excited. And I said, look, it's going to be a medicine season. Now, I didn't, like I said, I didn't want it to be a medicine season. It just was a medicine season. So what happened? They started out 0-4. I still remember uh, the first win they had. They were 0-4. They were playing at Seattle in a, in a Sunday night football game. And they blocked a punt, and Pierre Thomas picked it up and ran it in for a touchdown. They won the game. That was their first win. And they ended up being pretty good once they rebounded. But again, that was a medicine season. Now, in 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 2010, in 2010, it was a medicine season and a hammock season because you won the Super Bowl the year before. So at that point, you were. Um, you might you just want it all so just chill just enjoy the victories so if when you when you lost when you lost to Seattle see the Saints weren't eligible that year in a hammock like in a hammock season you can be eligible but in a medicine season you're not eligible to win the title 
The the Atlanta Braves last season were not eligible to win the World Series. So there was no reason to get overly upset about the fact that they lost to the Phillies. They weren't eligible. In 2018, after the Astros won the World Series for the first time ever, they were not eligible to win the World Series again. So did I like losing to the Red Sox? No, but that was a tremendous medicine season. They made it all the way to the ALCS. This year is a hammock season, but it's not a medicine season. This isn't the last year wasn't the first time the Astros have won it. It wasn't, you know, they were in the World Series. They didn't come out of nowhere. They were in the World Series the year before. So this is a hammock season in that just enjoy it. Does that mean I like losing? No, I stayed up last night. They got beat by the little MVPs because suddenly Montero can't get anybody out. Do I enjoy it? No, I don't enjoy losing. But but it just they're just you just don't have the angst. Like a tweet that I saw this morning. It says, Will Dana step in and flat out cut a Brayu and Montero and rip Bagwell's number off the wall of honor? Well, that's angst. Like, there's no reason to have that kind of angst. Now, you don't have to lose, you don't have to like losing. You, you can say, uh, don't put Montero in. I don't trust him to get anybody out in a tie game right now. You can do all that stuff, in my opinion. But there's no reason, like the things that I that I've heard Astro fans say and people say, it's craziness. First of all, other than a few teams, we have no idea who anybody is yet. We've played a we played like five weeks, folks. This is not football. It's baseball. We don't know what we are yet. This All these people, again, you should not look at the standings, in my opinion, until June the 1st. We're not even close to June the 1st. I hear everybody, oh, we're terrible. Well, you don't even know what you are yet. In 20, in, in 05, the Astros were 15 and 30. 15 wins, 30 losses, and made it to the World Series. 15 and 30 and made it to the World Series. You don't have any idea what you are yet. Have people, oh, the Yankees, that's right. You don't have any. Now, if you're the Oakland A's and you're not even trying, then, yeah, we know what you are. I'm not talking about the teams that aren't even trying. The Oakland A's aren't even trying to win. So I'm talking about of the teams that are trying to win, you have no idea what you are yet. You really don't. I mean, it, it's baseball. So, again, a hammock season does not mean you're not trying to win. It just means you shouldn't have all the angst. Just enjoy what, what, you're, what you're in. Does it mean that you don't want to win? Does it mean that you stay up till, you know, 1130 or midnight and, and hope your team wins like I did last night and wake up tired? Because that's what you just do as a fan. And did I shake my head when Montero gave up the double to Drury? Yeah, but I, 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 it's not like it was for the first, you know, 40 years as a fan or whatever, where, where you were chasing something that you've never done before. And every pitch was just Ugh, for 40 years. It's not like that right now for me. I want to win. 
I say I wouldn't do this or I would do that or I get mad every time I got to watch David Hensley play because I don't want him on my team anymore. I don't hate the guy. He just he doesn't need to be. He does. He's not a major league hitter right now. So send him to the minor leagues. That's what he is. He's a minor league player. He's, he just keeps looking at pitches right down the strike zone. Like get get off my team. But but I don't say it in that same uh, that that you do when I when the Astros had zero World Series titles. It's just different. It's different. You got to enjoy the hammock season. And what happens is when you don't understand as a fan base and mo- way more importantly as an organization what a medicine season is, then you make huge mistakes. In 20 the Saints are a perfect example of this. The Saints' 0-4 start was because it was a medicine season in, in 07. And then what happened in 08? They, they did not have a winning season in 07. They did not have a winning season in 08. So if they didn't understand medicine seasons, they might have panicked and fired the coach like the Bucs just did, like the Raptors did. And instead, they stayed the course, and in 09, they won the World Se- I mean, the, the Super Bowl. You have to understand what a medicine season is. You can't panic. You have to understand what's going on. Look, y'all all worship Nick Saban. He had a medicine season at Alabama. Go back and look. We all worship Bill Belichick, or some of us did. Uh, still think pretty highly of him. I mean, uh, he had a medicine season with the Patriots. It's very, 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 very difficult to overcome a marriage. It's virtually impossible. So you got to under, now again, this is not a medicine season. This is a hammock. I'm just saying enjoy what you've done. Don't panic. Plus, it's baseball right now. All these people that are wanting to rip Jeff Bagwell's number off the wall of honor, the greatest player that ever played for the Astros, because, you know, Abreu's doing terrible. And because Montero's, you know, had a rough May May so far. I mean, that's just enjoy it. Understand what a a hammock season is. Um. So, well, you know, it's way, way, way too early for, for some of these comments that I'm hearing. Way too early. Way, way too early. Now, the Braves this year, they're eligible. The Braves could win the World The Astros could win the World Series. The Braves could win the World Series. The Phillies, I don't know. I, the Phillies aren't a, a poster child for a hammock season, but I uh, just don't really think it's – they kind of came out of nowhere last year. I, I, I kind of think – they look good, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's going to happen for them. We'll take a timeout, be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Ooh. 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. The game hotline, 337-706-0111. on this, what is today? Tuesday, game two of a three-game set. The Astros lost. Man, I was wanting to win last night really bad uh, just to get the win out of the way in case uh, they don't get it done tonight. Is Framber and Otani, so... You know, that figures to be a low-scoring game, but we'll see. You never know how baseball's going to work. And, again, you want to just keep a void. You're in the middle of a nine-game road trip, and um, you want to avoid sweeps. And they blew a game Saturday, and so they need to, um, to try to avoid sweeps, and hopefully they do. But the only good thing, for me anyway, about staying up and watching the Astros lose to the little MVPs um, was right after the game I was able to watch because, I, you know, I just was like, ugh, I hate losing. I hate staying up and losing to watch the end of the Lakers' victory over the Warriors. And, I mean, you want to talk about – that was cra- – a lot of crazy things happened in that game. And, obviously, number one – a guy who only a big Laker fan would even hardly know or a huge NBA fan would even know who he is, Lonnie Walker, because he never plays. Like, he never plays. Lonnie Walker became the first Laker to come off the bench and score 15 points in the fourth, as many as 15 points in the fourth quarter of a playoff game since Kobe did it 26 years ago to the date. May 8th, 26 years ago, Kobe came off the bench and scored, I don't know how many it was, but it was at least 15 in a in a in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. And Lonnie Walker did that last night. Made 6 of 9 from the field, was knocking down jump shots and 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 really was the driving force in late to the Lakers winning the game over the Warriors. Steph Curry had a great night for the most part and then really, I thought, took some bad shots at the end of the game. Klay Thompson was terrible. He hit one big three with like three minutes or so to go, but he took some awful shots. He was three for 11 from three-point land and nine points. And, And Steph did a good job of, you know, he had 14 assists. Like, they were... They came out with a different game plan. They were going to attack the basket, and and he, they did a great job of it. I mean, overall, you look at his line, and you're like, well, he had 31 points, 10 rebounds, and 14 assists. That's incredible. for. Uh, but he also had did not make a lot of three-pointers, and he – he, I thought he kind of forced a couple three-pointers late in the game. Uh, and when you're a great player and, and the, the best three-point shooter ever, you, sometimes you're going to do that. I mean, it's not like like, like Hammer, Hammer Curry, but uh, not, not good. But no, eight, LeBron did not have a good offensive game. It, it, I mean, he scored 27 points because of free throws, but he was 10 of 25, missed a lot of big shots. Um, two of nine from three-point land. And really, they don't win without Walker. Now, it's an interesting scenario because, like, the Knicks lost again last night. 
and maybe this is just, you know, me being paranoid, but I don't feel like these two three-to-ones are created the same. I don't. I don't I don't think three to one deficits I don't know what the stats say is probably not that many people come back, but I don't think it's all that difficult. I mean, you still you gotta win game six, obviously. Because look, I don't think the Knicks are coming back from three one. But it would not shock me at all if the Warriors do. Look, I think game five is gonna be a complete blowout. Like the Lakers are going to get killed in game five unless the Warriors just completely fall apart from within, but I don't see that happening. Via landofbasketball.com, teams with a 3-1 series lead have an all-time record in the NBA playoffs of 264-13. and 13. Um, I just, like, l- let's just look at the, this series. The Lakers better win, like, they're not winning game five. So, you better win game six because then you're going back to game seven. You, I mean, I, I would think most of those, the team won game six at home in this situation. Yeah, it makes me think of Schilling tonight, Pedro tomorrow, anything can happen in game seven. Right. And so I, I, I think I really like this the Lakers' chances of winning game six. But if they somehow don't win game six, then to me – they're kind of behind the eight ball going to Golden State for game seven. So I I think they got to win game six. Um, the tricky part is how much do you play or not play Davis and LeBron in game five? Well, but that's, that's the tricky part. Yeah, but I think the funny thing about that is LeBron and has already shown you that he'll take nights off if and if and he'll play. But I think you'll see it if they don't hit a bunch of shots early. And again, I think that's the caveat of it all. Like if the Lakers come out and Rio Achimori and Austin Reeves hit a bunch of shots in the first half and they got a lead, then maybe they'll change their approach. But I think if they come out and they fall behind by eight or ten points at the end of the first quarter. They're going to take their foot off the gas, but it's on. It's calculated, and like it's so far, it's actually worked for them in two series. So, exactly. Now, again, I, I think the one puncher's chance that you have in Game Five is what you just said. A bunch of these, you know, Lonnie Walkers of the world just step up and have career games. But you know, the old NBA theory is the or saying or cliche is. Those kind of players don't do it on the road. They only do it at home. And so to to expect or to think that two players or three players, it would probably take at least two to three players have like career kind of playoff, you know, the non, you know, big time complimentary players like Alani Walker, and two or three of them have career playoff games in the same game on the road. I mean, that's almost impossible. So I, I, I don't, I don't see where I, I really. It's hard for me to find a scenario where the Lakers are going to win Game Five. The problem is you better win Game Six because then I'm not saying it's impossible they could win Game Seven. They would have a much better chance of winning Game Seven at the Warriors than winning Game Five at the Warriors. But especially if they conserve enough energy, but man, it just, I just think it's a little scary.
I just think it's a little, it's not as easy as it sounds is what I'm saying. They're not as much in the catbird seat. Now, I think Miami's in a little bit more of the catbird seat because the Knicks don't, I, I got to believe the Knicks are have confidence issue. Like, the Knicks have never been there. I, I just I, – I can't see the Knicks winning three in a row. And, look, if it happens, we'll have to give them a lot of credit. But I – and like we were talking about, was it – yeah, I think it was yesterday. I mean, if the Heat make the finals, how bad does does does, does that not make the Bucks' decision to fire their coach even worse now? The people who are serious Buck fans, like FedEx man, and they've been bashing this coach's decision making ability for years. I get that. You know, they didn't just they didn't just do this because they got beaten the first round by the Heat. I think they kind of felt like he's not this expert tactician guy even before that happened. And it was kind of the the last straw. But it's still the percent, oh, this was an embarrassing loss. Well, if that team gets to the finals, it may not look so embarrassing anymore. So that that's just an interesting sidebar to kind of keep an eye on. But no, I, you know, I enjoy, you know me, I en- and I got nothing against Curry, even although, you know, he plays for the Warriors, but he did it the right way. I got no issues with him. Uh, he's obviously an all-time great player. And, you know, he handles himself well. I, I got no issues with, with Steph Curry. But I still enjoy when the guys that are superstars that they blow up larger than life kind of mess up at the end of the game. It's kind of nice to see sometimes. And, boy, he, he I thought he messed up. But also, think about what Anthony Davis is. They had Anthony Davis guarding Steph Curry with the game on the line. 30 feet from the basket. Think about that. That's the kind of special defensive talent that Anthony Davis is. All right, we'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. This is Footnotes, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Again, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. I um, was listening to an interview last night, and it was a basketball interview, and they were talking about um, – how hot the sons of how hot Booker's been. And the guy says, you know, he's been way too hot. I know he's a great player, but he can't keep shooting at that level. Like he's been shooting. It just doesn't happen. And I'm like, Oh, sounds like somebody believes in the Piper. They don't even know it. No, no, they don't. <laughs> they don't know it. Again, the, uh, the, uh, the reason that Booker is less likely to shoot at that clip 
isn't because the Piper says he isn't. It's because he was never that likely to shoot like that in the first place. Well, that's the same thing. That's what the Piper is. The Piper is the game. Right. Now, the Piper's more of a baseball thing. But even in basketball, the Piper plays a role in it. You can't keep shooting at an unreasonable pace. But he's done it for like seven or eight games now. So that's like why, against the logic of the he's Piper. Starting, he's starting to make the Piper mad is what I'm telling No, no, because yeah. but sometimes the, the pi- Piper's you, getting angry <laughs> okay. at him. Like the funny thing is I don't think we're as far off from each other on this as I originally thought we were. Right. And maybe throughout the summer we'll find a way to work our way to an understanding. <laughs> yes. But we'll see. <laughs> By the way, I have an update for you on uh, on my my nightly Preston Tucker update. MLB.com highlight says Padres prospect Preston Tucker lays out for a beautiful diving grab in left field for AAA El Paso. Wow. My one thing about that is I don't know if we're calling him a prospect. He's like 32 years old, but yes. I, mean, I guess they'll make him feel young, so that's good for him. It was a nice play. It wasn't as good as the headlines said he, it was. He, well, for him, it's a great catch because he's true. not a good defensive that's, player. That's true. Yeah, he's not a good defensive player, or at least he wasn't. When he played for the Astros, he was just very average. So, um, no, I, um, I'm i all for it. Now, I don't know what Dallas Keiko had for dinner last night, but I don't, you know, it could have been fattening and it wouldn't matter yeah, to me. Yeah, I don't know. Because the funny I, thing is, yeah, I don't hear from Dallas Keiko, but I know he's married to Kelly Nash and she's on quick pitch for MLB highlights. So maybe she'll hint at some point uh, if Dallas has. Uh, oh, I, I didn't even know there. that. I didn't yeah, even know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, I want no part of him, but I'm all for the Preston Tucker stuff. I, I, I think that I, didn't the Astros have that before where they had two brothers on well, the team? Well, they have Correa's brother in the minor leagues, don't they? Seem like they've had that before, but maybe not. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Dallas Keiko, that's washed up. Hey, who, who, who wants Dallas Keiko? Dawson wants the Astros to pick up Dallas Keiko. I'm telling him he's what. Now, I'll take Preston Tucker, but I want no part of Dallas Keiko. Dallas Keiko. <laughs> that is way past, way past being able to get anybody else. He's worse than Baumgartner, don't you think? And I wouldn't want Baumgartner. Oh, yeah. Baumgartner, at least he's a bulldog. Dallas Cocker, when he when he was at his best, all he did was nibble at the corners and just try to get you to uh, swing at a bad bitch. Baumgartner, he, he, wait a minute. He won a Cy Young. And, gr- and ground into double. Now, he got a lot of double plays. <laughs> I think yeah, we needed to have a little bit more respect for the guy's ability. It's actually more impressive because he didn't blow people away. He pitched. A professional pitcher. Oh, he was good in his prime. He's just, he's, it's just, it's over. It's over. It's way over. Kevin, you were talking about, uh, you were talking about Booker. You know, it makes me think about all these Kentucky players, Anthony Davis and other all these Kentucky players that are all over the NBA. And look, I mean, a lot of them got eliminated the last round, but they were doing good. I mean, the Fox kid from Sacramento, Monk. I mean, I can't, you, you forget all the ones that played at Kentucky because, you know, there's so many of them out there. And yet, all these players in the NBA, all of them being dominant players in the NBA, and yet their coach at Kentucky only got one national championship out of all these players. Well, That's how many it. of them played more than like one or two years, though? Was there? How many of them played more than one Enough. or two years? Enough. Enough. I mean, Fox played a couple of years. I think Booker played a couple of years, too. I mean, it's not all of them were one and done, Kevin. 
But still, okay, say if they were all one and done, that doesn't that still point to Calipari can't coach? I don't know. I mean, obviously, you could argue he's a better recruiter than a coach. I, I, I just think you still got to – I still think there's something to teamwork and getting things together. I don't know. I you know, But, no, I mean, there's no question there's some underachieving taking place at some level. Yes, sir. Hey, look at old, uh, the, the, boy that, the guy that retired from Villanova. You know, how much players he has in the NBA that he coached, and yet how many national championships he won. I mean, but, that but right exactly because they had it was a ten times better, well, a twenty times better coach than uh, Calipari. Yeah, but it's easier to develop a team that way. It's hard to develop a team when you got all these superstars coming in and out at a revolving door, no matter how talented they are. I think it's okay. easier to, to develop a team and win the way Villanova did. Okay, well then you win it. You 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 validated my point more. Okay, do, wouldn't you think if you were coach? I want to win the national championship. You, you, when you think that's your, your main priority, that's the number one thing you want to do. Well, if you don't, if you can't figure out that these one and done stuff ain't getting it done, maybe I need to try a different way. Duh. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I I just think when you're Kentucky, it's hard to not go after the best recruits when you feel like you can get them. I get the temptation there, but but I, I think there's a downside to that too. And, yeah, I think you illustrated what that is. Kevin, you're going back, and I know you keep on talking about uh, the, the coach we fired. Kevin, you know if if uh, Kevin Durant had clipped his toenails the night before they played the Bucks, uh, when the Bucks won the, night with the, the, the world title, the Budenholzer wouldn't have won nothing. You remember that? The, the, well, yeah, uh, but... Durant hit that shot at an overtime, and instead of being a three-pointer, was this a two-pointer? Yes, I get that. I mean, if Brett Favre didn't throw an interception, then the Saints would have never made the Super Bowl. Okay, uh, okay, I hear you right there too, Kevin. But look, <laughs> I mean, I'm hearing, I'm just hearing more and more people. Now, if if Tom just, Brady played with, if Tom Brady played with, if Tom Brady played with bad field goal kickers his whole career, then who knows how many Super Bowls he would have won. Okay, I, I, I feel you right there, Kevin. But all, I'm just saying I'm hearing a lot of more people, not just you, a lot of different talking heads, national talking heads, saying maybe the Bucks fired him too soon. But like I said, I'm telling you, they have to make sure. And I don't, I don't even think Giannis wanted him out. They have to go ahead and show him that they're doing every day, everything they can to keep him in Milwaukee. That's the main goal. I don't even think it – it matters, yeah, the Bucks won one championship, but it's more important for them to keep Giannis in Milwaukee to make them relevant. No, I, I, I'll, I, again, I'm not saying it was necessarily a bad decision. I'm just saying the, the further the, the heat go, the more easy it is to question and, and, and wonder if it was some knee-jerk, even though I understand if, if they really thought he was a great coach, then they wouldn't have worried about a first-round playoff exit. I get that. Kevin, you know how much they, uh, they, they they want to keep Giannis happy? They even got his his brother on the team at the end of the bench just just, just, filling the, just taking a roster spot just to keep him happy. That's how much they want to keep that man uh, content in Milwaukee. And that's fair. But anyway, y'all have a good day. Take care. And look, I get it. And I hope he stays in Milwaukee. I, I I don't. I think a lot of stars had would have no chance. Giannis seems to have some 
you know, character about him, some nobleness about him. And so I think they've got a fair chance of him staying. Uh, I think most superstars would be gone. But I think they got a shot with with, with, with Giannis, and I'll, and I'll be pulling for it. Again, I don't – I've never hated. I've always kind of liked the Milwaukee Bucks because as a young – when I was a little kid, um, they beat the Celtics, and I, always, I thought that was cool. And then, you know, Kareem, I remember when the Lakers got Kareem from him, I was kind of – I like that, and then, you know, in the in the eighties, I, I I like the Mecca. You know, we're gonna have Stevie P on on Thursday, and Stevie P hated the Mecca. I I just never understood why he hated the Mecca so much. We might ask him that when Thursday. Uh, why did he hate the Mecca so much? But I love the Mecca, and um, you know, Sidney Moncrief and. I really like those teams. I always, I, I still think Marcus Johnson is one of the most underrated players in, in NBA history. And uh, so, no, I, I never disliked the Bucks, but I never loved them. But, uh, but no, I, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. So, I hope he goes there. I hope he stays. I'm with you. I hope, I hope whatever they do, it works out with Giannis staying in Milwaukee. We'll take a timeout and be back. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Well, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, man. I loved that song as a kid, back, way back when, when I didn't really know what a medicine season was. Every every season for the Saints back then, and most seasons for the Astros seem like medicine seasons. But welcome back to Footnotes. I did not realize until just now, or did not hear the news, that Joe Cap died yesterday. For those of you who don't know who Joe Cap was, he was the Minnesota Vikings quarterback before Fran Tarkenton. So I automatically liked Joe Cap because I hated Fran Tarkenton. And uh, he he led the Vikings to their first Super Bowl appearance. He also was the head coach of Cal in the famous Cal Stanford um, the bands on the field. band on the field game. And um, just known as an old school, hard-nosed coach. Um, he was like 85, 86 years old. And, uh, you know, I don't, if I saw Joe Cap play with my own eyes, I was so young, I have no memory of it. So I, you know, I've seen him in highlights. Um, I rem, you know, I saw him coach in college a few times, but I, I don't know a great deal about him. But uh, but certainly, kind of a little, a little bit about his, his his place in history. So, just you know, at least wanted to mention that I I had, not, I had missed that 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 he died yesterday. Um, one of the things that around this time of the year, for years, I've complained about here and there. Some years complain, some years not. It, and, and, but I never bought that it was random, like a lot of people buy. 
is the NFL schedule. Um, and there's a lot of talk on social media right now that the NFL schedule, which is supposed to be released on Thursday, is somehow changing or being held up. But if it's all just a random thing, then how can it be held up? Like what? I'm confused by this. By this talk. Well, what do you mean by random? Because the the, the they all tell me. Well, you know, you have this structure, and the rest of it's just random. It just by chance this happens. Well, the opponents are structured and set up, but I mean, I think obviously they position games where they want them to, as far as. Division. And they give some teams the raw deal intentionally and protect other teams intentionally. Uh, I wouldn't dismiss that claim, but I would have to look more into that. Uh, but, I mean, I understand that people certainly feel that way. I think, But I think there's also scheduling like that when you have that many teams involved. I think there's a certain scenario where everybody, somebody's going to feel like they're getting the raw end of the deal no matter what. I mean, I remember looking at the stats last year. It it was worse than I thought it was. Like, somebody released the, the statistics last year with how many times teams had played on short weeks. Like, road game on Monday night. I mean, on Monday night football, then you're on the road the next week compared to – and some teams have – have it hardly ever and other teams had it like many times it's, they don't even try to be fair is my point they don't even try well and, and this year with the new announcements that now teams can play multiple Thursday night games and all this stuff and no, not everyone has to have it It just it doesn't you know it's so that that part to me is strange because the NFL has done a lot about emphasizing player safety and this and that but then when they do stuff like that it you just go, shows that it's you, all yeah. a bunch of you know, like the whole bounty gate thing was just so stupid, and they 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 were so worried about some lawsuit that, you know, I mean, I guess it's happened. There have been lawsuits, but it's like it just shows you that it's, it's all just some big PR move, and they're trying to they try to act like that. And, and and look, they have taken some safety measures, and hopefully it helps. Um. But but yeah, the the whole it's still money is still number one over over the safety issue. But and look, the safety issues are real because you know we we want to make sure that we have football thirty years from now and forty years from now. It's a sport. Look, no sport is is as good as baseball. I mean, baseball is a is. It's not perfect because nothing's perfect, but it's as close as there is to it. Like, 100 years ago, 90 feet was the perfect distance, and the guys are bigger, faster, stronger, and it's still the perfect distance between home and first. It's just unbelievable. Like, baseball can take care of itself. For the most part, they leave it alone. Football and basketball cannot take care of themselves. So you got to do things. And so I get it, but th- this whole schedule thing is all they, – they intentionally um, – or unfair with the schedule. And it's one of the most underrated things ever uh, in terms of evaluating that people don't get. The year before that, that the uh, Jameis's last year with the Bucks, they got such a raw deal from the NFL with the schedule. Like the Saints had the same raw deal, whatever, whatever year that was, where you're on the road for like five weeks in a row, including going to Europe. Like they, they don't even – do that part right. Like, if you're going to send someone to Europe, you got to take care of them before and after that. I just, 
They cheat. It's unbelievable how bad. And again, this is stuff that you have time to sit down and evaluate. And it cannot be that difficult to be fair. And they don't even try to be fair to team. Like teams like the Saints and the, the Lions and all these teams that get a raw deal, they just they just don't even try. And so there is nothing set there yeah there are certain things set if you if you finish this in your division you're going to play this team but how they arrange the games they just cheat they cheat and they don't care they just don't care and so i don't even want to like when i heard this i'm like well wait a minute i thought this was some sort of computer thing that did this. no it's not there's nothing computer about it they decide who they want to give the advantages to and who they don't want to give the advantages to and and that they it is when 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 we get data like we did last year on the short weeks and all that you realize how bad they're cheating in that in that area all right that's it for one hour another hour to follow stay tuned broadcasting live from the delta media studios in upper lafayette Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Broadcasting live from the FCO Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. FCO Development is a civil construction company that specializes in new multifamily construction simulcasts on Stadium 32.3. 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 337-706-0111. On this Tuesday, I um, was very intrigued by one of the things. I It reminded me of something. One of the things I just heard in, the, in our top of the hour report there or update, it said that McNeese is playing Nichols, a conference team, in a non-conference game, which is interesting to me. And I I don't know – I mean, I don't have any issues with it. I I don't know that it is a bad or good idea. I don't – but it reminded me of something that I've talked about off and on through the years at a different level in a different sport, and that's high school football. Especially now, I've long thought this, and I brought it up to some coaches, and most old school coaches just dismiss it out of hand. And I get it. I understand why they dismiss it. But in today's era, I think it really makes sense, like, I think it's crazy, not in every case, but in a lot of cases, for a coach to, unless you just really want to spend money and travel, like a lot of times you have teams that they can't find someone on like a week eight or a week nine, um, you know, or whatever, even a week two or one week one, two or three, you just can't find somebody that that matches up with your schedule of a team that you want to play. And I've suggested before, just play a district team twice. Now, 
I understand why you wouldn't want to do that 30 years ago necessarily, especially if they're really good or your big rival because it, um, you know, you, you want to try to win the district title. And I support, we talked about this last week, people wanting to play. I support district titles still meaning something because I, I wish we District titles meant more. But in today's era, let's face it, in a lot of sports, district titles in the power ranking era and with where, where different teams from different districts are playing in different playoff brackets, like how, how really important is it anymore? So like Turlings, I guess you don't want to overdo it, but – in other sports, for instance, STM plays Turlings. Why spend money and go play Rumble when you could just play Turlings again? I'm just throwing out examples. I, I don't I mean I understand that it can't happen all the time. But I, I, I don't think it happens enough. I I I'm I, I kind of like the idea. Rather than spending a bunch of money and traveling for two or three hours. To play someone else, just play a district team twice. I don't think that happens enough. But anyway, just reminding me of that. Um, we've talked about a lot of things in the first hour. One, we had to do a definition of terms because sound, you know, hammock season. And we were joking about what hammock seasons are. or not joking, explaining and medicine season. So I kind of re-explained that and I, you know, I read uh, another tweet recently, and I can't find it here. Uh, we read one last hour, which talked about how the, you know somebody was obviously so angry they want to rip Jeff Bagwell's name and number off of the uh, Astros Wall of Fame. And another Astro fan, I, I think this is a little more tongue in cheek, but this is how some people are acting. It's like the Astros are now officially, after losing last night in the land of the little MVPs, that they're the worst team of all time, and they probably will never win another baseball game. That's, that you know, that's how some crazy people are acting. It, 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 it's I don't know, it's early, folks. But uh, so we talked, we, we talked about that, the NBA situation. Um, very interesting games last night. The um, Lakers went up 3-1, and the Miami Heat went up 3-1. I think that the Lakers are going to get killed in game five. The interesting thing's going to be how much do they even try to win game five based on how many minutes um, LeBron plays and how many minutes Davis plays. We'll see how all of that plays out. Um as well. In the next segment, we'll be talking more high school sports with Eunice High baseball coach Scott Phillips. They are playing on Thursday in the state baseball tournament in Sulphur. Today, Opelousas Catholic plays. Tomorrow, St. Thomas More plays, like we've already told you, are scheduled to play at 5 tomorrow. And also, Notre Dame plays at 11. So, We've got uh, four teams from the Cadiana area still alive in the state baseball playoffs. And then high school sports athletic year is over. It ends in Sulphur with the state baseball tournament. So for another year and then we'll, you know, rest for a little month or two and then start ramping up for football in the fall. So 
uh, that you know that that's kind of what's going on. We'll be speaking with Bobby Nova about Cajun softball, and there's some interesting things I thought that came out of yesterday's uh, weekly press conference with Coach Glasgow that we'll delve into with Bobby at about 10:35. For now, the game hotline is open 706-0111, 706-0111. It sounded like last night. They teased this in Seattle over the weekend that Brantley might be back, and I was kind of hoping he'd be back last night. Now, McCormick came back last night. He didn't do anything. Hit a home run foul in the ninth, but that's all he did. Uh, he didn't do anything in the game, and he misplayed a ball. On, on the game-winning double, he misplayed it into a triple. It should have just been a double. Um, so he didn't have a great night coming back. But – they're saying that Brantley will not be back tonight, maybe tomorrow. Man, it would be not, it'll just be nice to have Brantley. If Brantley is Brantley, it'll just be nice to have his consistency back in the lineup. Need to have that consistency back in the lineup. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot. Good morning, sir. I'm man. I, I, I'm proud of you for calling. Are you okay? I'm all right. I'm hanging and I'm trying to wrap my mind around things, Foot. But I got to correct you on two things first. One, Curry didn't do it the right way. The Warriors did not. They cheated, and the way they handled about how they went get Kevin Durant. So no, they didn't do it the right way. Now, when it comes to these, this Knicks game last night, pretty sure you didn't watch it, but I watched it. I'm not saying it because they're my team. I'm saying it because well, I saw it, and they've been doing it for years. That's a rivalry game. They, them refs cheated us, plain and simple. I'm not saying it because they're my team. I know what I saw, and we're not going to beat them. We, they, they always did do that to us, and – Thanks to LeBron, it made me – LeBron made me forget how much I hated the Heat and Pat Riley. I ain't even going to lie. I forgot about that because of LeBron. But I, it, last night brought me back. This is why I hated them. Because when we used to play them back in the day, this is what we went through. And the Miami Heat have the same recipe what the Knicks was in the 90s because it came from Pat Riley. And well, I'll look, be honest, the Knicks – I, 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 Look, Paul, I didn't see the game, Paul, so I can't say I can't even comment on whether they cheated or not. But why would the NBA want the Heat and not the Knicks to win if they would cheat? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think this has anything with the NBA. This is something with Pat Riley. This is a rivalry game, foot. Always been. The whole team. And it always been it always been doing that for years. When they we'll go there, they'll do it for us. And when they come to us, we do it to them. You know, this time we better do it back to them because game three on purpose, they center, he stepped on Brunson's ankle, the injured ankle, on purpose. The man on the floor, he purposely, and you can go back and look at it. Last night, the guy, one of the other guys, he purposely stuck his right foot out there so the guy Brunson can land on his foot. I played ball. You don't put your foot when you're going for the ball. You're like, uh, you position. Then you stick your foot out there extra looking. Come on, man. And refs, refs was not calling. Traveling again, someone called. Every time we got close to close that lead and take the lead, 
They call him bull crap on his foot. Fouls. We got our key guard with four or five fouls. Are y'all going to win the next game, or are y'all just going to ride off into the sunset? Well, we're going to be in New York. If New York referees do what they're supposed to do, like they did us, we're going to win. Okay. Otherwise, we're not going to win. We need that old New York back. Okay. The old refs back in the night. Otherwise, we're not going to win. Okay. We can't, we can't beat them in Miami. So they, the refs not going to let us. All righty. So hang in there. At least the Yankees won for you last night. Now they're playing the A's again, but still, you know, they won the game. So got got to take the the, the nice little uh, treats when, 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 when you can get them. Um, it's a good time to be playing the A's. They, they've actually p- competed pretty well of late, but, man, they just. The Astros probably need to play the A's right now. Although, with that said, the Astros, they don't play. They have not played well. They haven't won a series against a team with a losing record this season. All their series that they've won are against teams with winning records. They don't like playing teams with losing records. They like playing the teams with the winning records. Crazy. That That's just that's just baseball. Again, I, I can't even comment. I, I, I did not see any of the Knicks game. So... Whether they got a raw deal or not, I, I did watch the little highlight and analysis this morning of it. I did not hear anyone suggest that. Doesn't mean it's not true, but uh, the the Heat are, you know, they the Jimmy Butler had twenty seven. It wasn't like he had fifty. Adebayo had twenty three. The difference was the Heat. Got a lot more production off the bench than the Knicks did. I mean, the Knicks got 32 from Brunson and 24 from Barrett and 20 from Julius Randle. You know, their main guys at least produced pretty much. I mean, Brunson 32 was a great game, but the bench was not even, the bench scoring was not even close. The Heat had way more off the bench. And on paper, the Knicks are deeper. So it's kind of hard to explain all that. Of course, Paul says it's easy to explain. The refs cheated. I, I get it. I get it. I just can't verify or deny. We'll take a timeout and be back. Talk to Eunice High baseball coach Scott Phillips next. Stay tuned. This is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Alexa and the game make a great team. Do yourself a favor and enable the Alexa skill, the game Southwest Louisiana, so you can keep it locked in to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wherever you go. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game we have with us. Unisai head baseball coach Scott Phillips. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm sure you're doing very well. So uh, I probably asked you this before, but I I don't remember your answer. Are you the weather guy on your staff or you have an assistant coach that does that? No, I'm the weather guy. (laughs) I I pretty much know it to the T, man, at this time of year. After baseball season, I could care less, but. During baseball season, man, it's 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 a grind with this weather. This week looks awful. Yep. <laughs> so tell us, like, what what is the likely? Like, what does it look like? Um, today, this afternoon, in that area over there where they're they're playing, I know Opelousas Catholic plays this afternoon. Man, it looks like it's going to hit 
you know, any time in the next hour or two is because it's moving that way. Um, how long it's going to stay, I, I don't know. And, and as the as the week goes, it's, it's hit or miss is what they're saying, and, and that's what I went off of this morning. I go off the weather bug, man. It's pretty faithful, and um, hopefully Thursday we'll get ours in, and in the afternoon it shows rain. So we'll see, man. We'll see. All right, so you're scheduled to play at 11 a.m. against an eight seed in Lakeshore. First of all, tell us about them and, um, you know, what do they present? They're good, man. They, they got there last year. Um, they, they ran into a hot South Terrebonne team who, who won it all last year. And um, they've, got, they've got 12 seniors, um, a lot of pitching, um, some guys that can really swing it, a few commits, one two-lane commit. That's, a, that's an outfielder that's really fast, really, really, really good player. Uh, his last name's Lorette. Um, they got a good left-handed pitcher that I hear that's going to throw against this low 80s, a lot of change-ups, sliders. Not a lot of fastballs, so it's it's it's, it's really hard to to work on that. You just got to be patient at the plate and, and 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 not be selfish and and you know try to draw walks and hit the ball the other way. And that's what we've been working on all year. But like I said, they got a solid team, man. They, their record don't indicate where, you know where they're at. They played a good schedule and and they'll be a tough foe. I, I think they may be one of the best teams there out of the four. To be honest with you. So, as an eight seed, that means they just beat a one seed. So, they went to Lutcher. They lost the first game seven to three. And so, you you know, when a one seed beats an eight seed seven three, you say, well, you know, that's kind of the way it's supposed to be. But then Lakeshore wins eight to two and 12 to one. So, I mean, it's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, they they they, they faced the Marshall Luke kid that, that's really, really good. He's a upper 80s, 90 guy. And I guess they, from what I gather, they threw off and and figured they couldn't beat them, and 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 it went after them on Saturday with the, with their two best guys, and and um from what I gathered, Lutcher's two and three guys were, were okay. They weren't nowhere near as good as as, as um their number one, and and going down to Lutcher, that's no easy task down there. They're defending state champions in their class that they were in last year, and and um so yeah, they're playing very well right now. All right, so. It's a little different, I guess, in high school than it would be in college or the major leagues. But still, you got to worry. How much does weather and the uncertainty and starting and stopping and rain delays? It's got to be a little bit of a nightmare planning your pitching that way, or it could be anyway. Absolutely, man. It, it, you know, you, you get your starter in there, you get them all huffing and puffing, and then second in, and the bottom falls out, and you got a two-hour delay, and and then you know, a doubt he can come back, which most people won't, and we, we probably won't either, unless. I don't know. Our starter's pretty strong, but you, you just you just don't know, you know, and you don't want to hurt nobody. Number one, and it's a struggle. Um, and, and you know, you, you say you get game one in, you win it. Heck, it may rain two, three, four days before you know you bring you one back. So it can work in your favor too. So it, it can go either way. All right. So a um, little bit more big picture. Tell us about your team. What were coming into the season? What were you thinking your strengths and maybe where where some potential weaknesses, question marks, and how has all that kind of panned out so well? I think we're right where we we predicted, man. Whenever we met, I have nine seniors. Um, seven of them start. Um, they're hard nosed kids. They're gritty. They're grindy. They get after it every day. Um, they play hard between the lines. They, I mean, you, you come watch us play. They're going to bust it 90 feet down the line as hard as they can. And, and that was something we tried to instill. When we met early in the season with our seniors, I made those guys kind of make up the rules that they wanted to follow by. And on top of those rules, we call it the road to sulfur. And it was just rules, just things that I usually give them, but I said I want you all to make the rules. 
and they follow them. And, and, and when you got a you got to answer to your teammate on a mistake you made. That seems to seem that made a big difference with these guys, and, and that helped us out. Going in, we knew we had some arms. Um, we, we knew we knew we, we should swing it. I mean, we, these, these guys have played together for for years, you know. And, and I've never let up with the the fact that you know this team was going to make it to Sulphur. And, and as the season kept going on and on, and we get on win streaks, and I was like, man, I said it's starting to starting to develop and. You know, we're 31 and six right now. We're we feel really, really good about ourselves. Um, we bounce back with a little bit of adversity. Um, I don't know, man. They just get after it every single day, and, and that's all you can ask for from a high school team. The biggest thing we went into our season was number one: we had to we had to cut down the number of errors, whether it was mental or physical, and we've cut that down about in half from where we were last year. Last year, man, we we looked like a soccer team kicking it all over the field, and and this year, man, we we really, really pretty solid on defense we we 60 some errors which is one error or so a little over an error a game um, compared to over 100 errors last year and then I, I think our mental errors have went down tremendously as well um so yeah i mean we, we've we, we've developed into a, a solid baseball team and, and our goal was to be in the top four and we finished as the fourth seed and kind of just right where we wanted to be Again, we're speaking with Eunice High head baseball coach Scott Phillips. So, you mentioned you're where you're you wanted to be as a four seed. You're the only one. I mean, you're playing an eight seed, and the other uh, semifinal, you've got a what a six seed and a seven seed. So, like, did you think it was going to be this unpredictable in the bracket? No, man. I, I really, you know, when you look at it, you see Lutcher, North Vermillion. I, I knew nothing about Assumption. Um, but, I, you know, Narvin Mean and, and, and Lutcher, I figured those two guys would would be right there in the tournament with us. And, you know, Coach, coach, at, um, coach Traha at Narvin Mean, these guys make great runs over the last so many years. And and um, they, they ran into a hot highway team. But, man, we just, like I said, we're, we're excited to be there. The town's ecstatic. Um, you know, I, I'm, I couldn't be more happier, man. I, I, I'm, I'm coaching my son. He's a senior. He's our shortstop, Drew Phillips. I got my son coaching with me, Austin Phillips. He's an all-state shortstop for me back in 18, 19. And it's really cool to have your two sons out there with you, man. And, you know, they were so excited after the game the other day. It just it made my world. Uh, sounds awesome. So get, I know you're, you're great at this stuff. So give me the historical perspective. This is the how many times you've been and the school's been to the state tournament in, in, in recent years. We um we we went in nine and we went in eleven. That was at the um you know different locations. Whenever like three A was here and four A was there, right? And uh, that, that was, those two years we we went to the semifinals and um got beat both times. And Utah High School won a state championship in '79. Hadn't been back to it since. Um, like I said, this is. 30-something years in a row we've been in the playoffs, 32, 33. I'd have to look exactly at it. But, like I said, we, we, we have a long tradition of, of good baseball here at Eunice High School, and um, we've had some great great players come through it. It's, it's, it's been really cool, man, to, you know, former players, players that I didn't even coach, reach out, you know, just coach good luck. And, I mean, heck, it's, it's, it's a fun time to be a Bobcat, man. And, and you know, we're, we're, we're excited and like I said, the school's excited. We're taking a um, pretty much a, a day off of school. I can't say a day off of school, but it's an asynchronous day where, you know, online learning so the whole school can go playing at 11 o'clock. Um, and 
like I said, man, we, we're, we're, we're very, very humbled and fortunate to be there. Has your old friend Johnny Bork called you with some advice? Absolutely. I talked to him this morning. I said, Coach, I'm going to be on the radio. He said, well, I'm, I'm going to listen, man. And, and Coach is always there to give me good tips and just, just point me in the right direction. He's always been that way to me. He made the good friends, hired me here. Oh, everything to him just for having a chance to be here at Eunice High School. I'm a graduate of Eunice High School, graduated in 86. Um, I feel like I've been here over half my life. This is my 30th year here, 29th as the head coach. Um, like I said, man, there's no other place I'd rather be. You got to love a football coach that loves baseball, too. And Coach Johnny's one of those, old football okay. coach that loves baseball. But he coached it for a little while back in the day when he was at Opelousas Catholic. And, um, no, coach. Coach is an Astros fan too, by the way. Oh, I know. And, and I am as well, as well as well as my kids. And you know, that was the coolest thing going to the World Series last year with my sons. That was awesome. And um, like I said, man, no, it's good when your your school is is is, is baseball supportive. You know, I mean, our, our faculty, our students, um, our lunchroom ladies, our administration, man, everybody's just excited. Man, we're gonna have a large crowd there. And and again, hopefully the weather doesn't deter some of that man because it could be a great day for the cats all right well look always enjoy talking with you appreciate it congratulations and 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 good luck hopefully y'all can get to the finals again well that's our goal man and i sure appreciate you having us on this show thank you this is footnotes on the game 1037 lafayette and 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station your home for the lsu tigers and houston astros this is footnotes live from the evco development studios in upper lafayette on the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. We have with us our friend, Mr. Bobby Nova. How are you, sir? I'm good, my friend. How are you? So, Oh, I'm doing okay other than, you know, the Astros got beat last night. So uh, I, I'm doing about as well as you can the day after an Astro Hammock, loss. Hammock they've Hammock lost. Season. They've lost three in a row and – I'm handling it well, but I still don't like to lose, and so hopefully they can win tonight. We'll see. So I got a question before we get into Cajun softball. As a young lad, who did you prefer, Joe Cap or Fran Tarkenton? Fran Tarkenton. Oh, see, I hated Fran Tarkenton. That's the wrong answer? Yeah. <laughs> it's the wrong answer compared to what I – my. it's a different opinion than mine. I hated Fran Tarkenton. He was this little guy that used to run around the field and throw a long touchdown pass. I hated that guy. That's, that's why I liked him because <laughs> he was a little guy. Oh yeah, he was. Oh, he he uh, he he would he 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 got on my nerves. He's one of the first athletes I hated. Fran Tarkenton. He might have been the first, but he he was one of. Well, no, a Celtic was probably the first, but but other than the Celtics, it was probably Fran Tarkenton. All right, Cajun softball. Somehow I knew, somehow I, knew I was going to have the wrong answer. But go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> All right, so, um, Cajun. Softball, things went about as well as they could have gone last weekend. Uh, now you're, 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 you're hosting the conference tournament. I, I kind of sense that 
I don't know. Do you feel better about the big picture now than you did two weeks ago and last week? Some some days I do. Some days some days I'm kind of fifty fifty on. You talking about if we're hosting or not? Is that what you're asking? Well, just how, yeah, that and just you know how the seeds are going to work out, how the committee's going to treat you, all that stuff. Some days I feel good. Some days I don't. I mean, I'm, I think it's a fifty fifty proposition right now. You know. They, they, there's some scenarios that it just depends on what they look like, you know, and um, just got to wait and see Sunday night. I'm, I mean, I'm good either way, Kevin. I'm, I'm happy if we host and, you know, if we go down the road to Baton Rouge, I'm good. If they send us to, uh, you know, somewhere in Texas, I'm good. And we just, that's you know, kind of, I guess what I'm saying is uh, I, I don't concern myself with it too, too much because, I certainly have no control over it, and whatever they do, they do, and we'll uh, we'll pack the bus or pack the plane, do whatever we got to do, and go play. All right, so I haven't done this yet, and I should have. What time is the show Sunday night? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Hmm. Yes, and we have that we have that crawfish ball function fundraiser uh, Sunday afternoon, starting at three. So. And then the selection show uh, after on the uh, on the video board at the stadium. So if anyone's interested in doing that, they can go to the uh, RaisingCajuns.com website and all the information on the crawfish ball uh, will be there. All right. So this past week, uh, you know, Coach Glasgow, I thought, said a few interesting things. And some of the time, you know, he he's a – as far as coaches go, he's about as transparent as they get. And yet, st- you still – some reading between the lines or didn't take a lot normally to kind of get, the, you know, what he's feeling like and what he's thinking from press conferences. And one of the things that he said yesterday was that he's going to go back to – a lot of defensive substitutions. And and so it will be very interesting to see how much that means uh takes place in this tournament. Yeah, and I think what he was, you know, he was kind of referring to the weekend where it was senior weekend and, and he didn't, you know, he did some things a little bit differently than he had been doing the you know the previous uh few series and I think he's going to go back to that and He's going to use, uh, you know, he'll use Kramer Stay and, and uh, Kayla Falterman you know, more than you saw over the weekend in the outfield. And, um, you know, of course, uh, Sissy Vasquez at second. And then, you know, may, may see her pinch, he may see her pinch hit for Sissy at some point. But, you know, she's starting to swing the bat a lot better. So uh, maybe, maybe not. You know, she may, she may just uh, continue her at bats and, um, but yeah, I think he's going to go back to what you saw in the previous weeks before the ULM series, uh, as far as defensively. And, you know, I would, he even mentioned, you know, possibly in certain situations, uh, bringing, uh, bringing Jordan Campbell into third, putting Maddie back in left, you know, for a hitter or two. You so know, we'll it's interesting. Yes, it's, it's very interesting that he hinted at that because. 
if you if you follow Cajun baseball, especially Matt Deggs, but even some other opponents, I forget the opponent. Matt Deggs has for years has done this thing where he'll he'll alternate his second and third baseman depending on who the batter is. And they've gone back right. and forth. He did it at Sam Houston, he did it here. There was a a team, and I don't know why I'm not remembering, but it was an opponent that the Cajuns played this year where their left and right fielder switch, like this cat was running from all the way in right field to left field back and forth on a regular basis throughout the game depending on, you know, who was it that played and whether they were pull hitters or opposite field hitters and all that. And Yeah, they've got all, this, all these analytics now and all these reports and you know, the percentage of where the hitters hit and, you know, and if you throw them a certain pitch and they got all that stuff now. But Um, with all the maneuverability and softball lineup wise, even more than baseball, I'm almost surprised that that hasn't happened more with the cages because of their particular team makeup this year. And, and, and what do you kind of think of that using that more moving forward? Well, I, I think he has the luxury of, of um, you know, bringing the two kids I mentioned a little bit, you know, Kramer and, and Kayla into the game. And once those two kids are in the game, then, you know, I don't think you're going to see him switching their positions. So uh, I think that has a lot to do with it. But, but when they're not in the game, you know, I, I think it might be a good idea if, you know, I mean, uh, no, no use sugarcoating it. You know, Carly Heat's probably a little bit better defensively than Jordan Campbell is in outfield, and and that has a lot to do with the uh, the, the knee injury that Jordan uh, had to deal with in the fall, and she doesn't run as well as she used to. So when those two kids are in the game, then I think it might be you know something to look at if if you got a right-handed hitter at the plate that's. Uh, primarily a pool hitter, then you, you, you could maybe switch uh, Carly to left field. But, you know, because Glasgow knows a million times more about softball than I do. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and just trust what he does. I think the thing is, for people who are baseball fans and softball fans, and you correct me if I'm wrong, when when, when you when the, the old stereotype of a little leaguer is you put them in right field. Well, once you get to, like, a higher level of baseball, college – uh, and, and, and the major leagues, the right fielder is normally a better outfielder than the left fielder. Well, softball, not always, but it's typically reversed. I mean, left field is typically more valued in terms of a person's defensive ability than right field is. Would you agree with all that? I agree with that because if you look at the majority of the, left, the left-handed hitters will hit the ball to left field. You know, a, a high percentage of the time, especially the uh, the slapper type hitters. So, yeah, you want to have a better uh, outfielder in left field, especially when those kids come to the plate. And then, you know, your right-handed hitters for the most part are, are more pull hitters. Uh, and then, you know, you want to have your better arm in the in right field for the most part. So that's why you see Crummer Usty uh, in right field more often than not because. She has the best arm of any outfield on that Cajun roster. That's one of the things that's a regrettable because she doesn't get to show off that arm. Her she has uncanny arm strength, and and she it's doesn't get a yeah. chance to show it I mean, off I love enough. To watch, I love to watch practice. I like to watch defensive practice, and and one of the reasons is to watch Kramer Usty throw 
from right field to third base and from right field to home plate. Most of the time, she gets it there without you know without the hop. So she's really fun to watch. The problem with her is it's so strong. Like she might like throw it onto Cajun Dome Boulevard because she could probably reach it. <laughs> she, uh, she probably could. Uh, yeah, but, but the, her accuracy is pretty good. You know, I, I, I got to give her that. You know, and uh, especially watching her in practice, and most of the time she's uh, she's pretty accurate. All right, so do you? I mean, I, I kind of asked the question. I kind of feel like. The team is not perfect. There's no question, and there's still questions. But I kind of feel like this team can has done what it can do, and now it's just a matter of are they going to get the big hits at the right time, and are they going to get the people out at the right time? Do you kind of feel that way, or do you still think there's some more things that can be done here? Two out hits, you know, Kevin. You talk you talk about it all the time, and that's kind of most of the time that's a difference in games. If you get the two out hit or if your opponent gets the two out hit. So, yeah, you know, um, you got to come through in certain situations. And um, I think this team, you know, I really like where this team is right now, Kevin, compared to, you know, a little bit earlier in the year and, uh, you know, coming off some of those brutal road trips and, you know, being able to, 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 to be home the last week or so and then going to be home again this weekend. And, you know, so uh, I kind of like where the team is right now and, I think Coach Glasgow has kind of figured out what he wants to do with that roster, and, and it seems to have been working. So I think the Cajuns, uh, if I'm not mistaken, on maybe a nine-game winning streak, something like that. C- correct. Going to the conference tournament. So. Right. All right. So besides two out hitting, last question: What would you still? What is your number one concern for the team? And and, and I know you. You know, obviously, you want them to win going into the conference tournament. My number one concern, hmm. man, that's a that's a tough question, Kevin. I guess because of um, you know the, the, the defense throughout the season. Of course, you know since um, since they've made the switches on the infield with, with moving Lexa to to, to Short and um, and um, Cecilia to second and, and Maddie to third. Uh, before before they made those 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 switches and, and left that kind of you know uh, the permanent thing, the Cajuns were fielding 961, and now they're fielding 966. So the the defense has has, has improved since since those changes have been made. But I guess if I gotta pick one thing that I'm more concerned with than others is is the defense, and uh, you know. But uh, like I said, it's been much better lately. All righty, sir. Well, we'll see what happens. And I, I know that, you you know, you're going to take care of the rain, so I'm not even going to ask you that question because uh, you're, you're in control of that deal and you're going to get it done. And so we'll see how all of that plays out. We thank you for your time, sir. And I appreciate your confidence in me, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> this is Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist. Take that, dental hygiene. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Ooh, 
welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. We um, will see how the Cajun softball team can do. It is a little bit scary, although Coach Glasgow is all for the single elimination format. But when you're the better team, theoretically it benefits you to be it, for it to be a double elimination because there's less chance of one fluky loss or, you know, a bad break or whatever. Uh, you just have a bad game, um, you know, of, of bouncing back and and still winning like, you know, famously around here, the, the 2014 baseball regional at the Teague where Jackson State came in and upset the, the top-seeded Cajuns in the first game, and the Cajuns came back and still won. I mean, if that's a single elimination tournament, then that's that's over with. And so the difference is this is a conference tournament. It's not a regional. And so there still is a tomorrow, um, even if they would get beat on Thursday night, you know, they would still make the tournament. Now, they might not. They might be traveling, but they might be traveling anyway. So we'll wait and see how how, how that plays out. So just an interesting scenario going into, once again, tomorrow there are two games at Lamson Park, including uh, ULM playing Georgia State, and the winner of that game will play the Cajuns, scheduled for 7 o'clock on Thursday. Obviously, when you're the fourth of four games on a tournament, weather can impact it. Uh, extra innings can impact it. You know, a 15 to 14 game could impact it. There's all kind of variables there that could impact whether the game starts on time or not. And so, you know, you kind of understand that going into the tournament. And Coach Phillips, I thought, did a good job of explaining, you know, all the some of the things that can really get complicated. And, and Coach Deggs did yesterday as well, uh, talking about the weather situation that they had on Sunday in Monroe to close out that series. It can get complicated <clears throat> with weather and in a tournament or a weekend series, especially the final game of a series where you don't have a lot of options moving forward. And so we'll see how hopefully the weather is kind in Sulphur and in um, at Lamson. Now, the great thing, you know, maybe the best thing about a single elimination tournament is if you do get rain, it's a lot easier to finish the tournament. Like, if you remember with baseball in Montgomery, when was that? Two years ago? When when they get all that rain and they just they just made it a single elimination tournament, basically. Yeah, and they've done that multiple times. Yeah. So you just – it just makes it easier. And so, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I still – I'm still a little well, wait, worried. Wait, last year, right? Didn't they do it last year? Yeah, it might have been last year. Again, I told you, the older I get, the senile I get. Um, it's like kind of reminds me of the sign that a kid held up at, at Minute Maid Park not that long ago. I love it. It said, uh, school is important, but the Astros are more important. Um, I love that. So anyway, I, I, I think, I, am I worried about the defense? No question. I'm still more worried about the hitting than the defense. That may sound crazy to some, 
But I my number one concern for the softball team here is, is that they're already going to hit enough. I think they'll give up some runs here and there. I don't think they're going to go in and just dominate everybody. But it but if you play a good team, it, it should be okay most of the time like to give up three runs. Like you don't want to give up seven runs, but if you give up three ones, you got to be able to beat a good team four to three a lot of the time. You can't expect to play a good team and to and to give up zero or one run all the time. And I just I'm more worried about their hitting than anything. I, I um way too many of their hitters are not hitting to their potential. I still think I still feel that way and I'm 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 really worried about the hitting. The other thing that coach Glasgow said yesterday is that Laney Crater, he hopes if they play three games, he hopes to get her at least seven at bats because she went through a stretch where she was hitting in that three four hole and starting every day, and then lately, like she hadn't been starting as much. I still think she's one of their best four or five hitters on the team, and so at least right now, and so I think she uh, that's a good goal. I think to get her more at bats. I I'm worried about the hitting on this team, and. Again, it's a totally different animal. When you're playing the ULMs of the world, and then once you get to that next level and you're facing better pitching, not that they haven't seen it because they've seen it all year, but I, 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 my, my number one concern is, is hitting. And hopefully they can continue to steal runs with their legs and taking extra bases and stealing bases. All of that takes pressure off of your hitting, and that's one thing that the softball team for the Cajuns and the baseball team do a good job. And, yeah, they run into outs on the bases sometimes, but they also create a lot and keep themselves from having to produce so much offensively. That's still my number one concern. We'll see how it plays out. Y'all have a nice day.